time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! That was a loud boom. That was like nuclear. It was. Nice job. I dropped the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Not the mic, but the bomb. No. Terrible. This is a show where we pop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today, we watched Green Lantern, the animated series, as recommended by Sean Noel, a.k.a. at WriterSean on the Twitter. And that's Sean, S-H-A-U-N, not one of the various other spellings of Sean. There are a lot of, man, I've seen it, the S-H-A-U-N, like his, and there's W-N, and there's also, I've seen an S-E-A-N. Yeah, that's the one I don't understand, because that's like more C-N? of a C-N, scene. C-N. If we have any listeners who are named Sean with the S-E-A-N, I apologize. I knew a lot of Sean's growing up, and all of them were different. <laughs> so weird. Ooh, what about an S-H-O-N? S-H-O-N. I guess that would work. I guess that would still be Sean. Yeah. I'm going to start it. I'm going to name some kid Sean. Not not my own kid, but I'll name someone's <laughs> yeah. kid Sean. S-H-O-N. You heard it here first. It's going to catch on. <laughs> Sean. 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 That's Sean. very abrupt, too. Sean. Yep. It's very to the point. <laughs> And we're not, but uh, getting to the point, this is the second cartoon we've watched that was recommended by Sean, the first being Avatar The Last Airbender, which inspired Chris's wife, Jackie, to watch the entire series. Yeah, we're like halfway through uh, Legend of Korra now. Oh, nice. In fact, uh, we're about, I think we got three episodes left of the second season as of recording this, so... Uh, yeah, she got super into it, so thank you for recommending that first one to us, because that helped me get her into it, and... Uh, Dude, like, we should be buds because I love this one, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Green Lantern, the animated series, aired from 2011 to 2013, although it was just one season and 26 episodes. This was created by Bruce Tim, Giancarlo Volpe, and Jim Krieg. It aired originally on the Cartoon Network, and for a short synopsis, the further adventures of Hal Jordan and his comrades of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, that's pretty short. Yeah, it's it's um it's yeah, it's kind of like that. Man, this show, holy shit. All right, some of the actors in this show, the voice of Hal Jordan, our Green Lantern hero, uh was Josh Keaton, who's uh, been in lots of video games and lots of other superhero cartoons. Marvel DC, he's done uh, voices for both sides and lots of cartoons so um several people from this cast are in that same camp they have voiced lots of characters on both dc and marvel animated shows so that will repeat the voice of kilowog kevin michael richardson this dude is in everything <laughs> like seriously i was stunned by all the credits that he's got just like even in the last couple years alone it's just staggering like this dude is like the new frank welker it's crazy it took me like five minutes scrolling through his imdb to realize that i still was only in like 2013 <laughs> i'm like oh my god nice 
Yeah, he's been in so much stuff. Tons of Marvel, tons of DC. He's in Transformers as uh, and I recognized him as Bulkhead from Transformers Prime because like his voice sounded so familiar, and then I I placed it there. But he's in, like I said, DC and Marvel Transformers. He's in all of the Fox shows, like all of them, like Simpsons. Everything Seth MacFarlane is doing. Family Guy, Cleveland Show, American Dad, all of it. He's in everything. It's ridiculous. I don't know how I get so many jobs, and I'm going to have to ask him for some advice. (laughs) I want a job using my voice. Okay, I won't do that to you guys again. The character of, um, kind of a character, yeah, sort of, of uh, Aya. Here, we're about to go full circle with at writer Sean here. Voiced by this woman named Grey Delisle, or also known as Grey Griffin, was the voice of Azula from The Last Airbender, mm. one of my favorite characters from the show. Nice. Um, she also has a ginormous resume. And I, I guess I never looked at hers as closely, and hers is almost as big as the other guy voicing Kilowog. Oh my god, it's like ridiculous. Tons and tons and tons of different cartoons. She's got Last Airbender, like I said, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and she's in like all the Blizzard games at some point. Like she's in Starcraft, she's in like Diablo and Warcraft, she's in the Arkham games, she's in Mortal Kombat as Melina, just all kinds of cool shit. Then we have the character of Razor, voiced by Jason Spicek. I'm t- just taking a guess at that. I don't know. <laughs> it's all Sean. And the character of Zilius Zox, who was only in a few episodes, but he was a prominent character in the first one and one of the other ones we watched for sure. So I just wanted to go ahead and mention him because he was voiced by Tom Kenny, who needs no introduction. This dude is a staple in the cartoon voice acting industry for sure. So awesome, 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 awesome cast. Like it. Oh, and Bruce Timm's a part of the show. So that's awesome. Oh, of course. Yeah. Bruce Tim being one of the giant powerhouses behind Batman, the animated series, and everything that like spawned from it. So yeah, the whole Timverse. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's like no wonder this show is as good as I'm going to tell you it is. Yeah, as we're about to both tell you it is. So let me start by digging out my big bowl of Green Lantern cereal to pull out a few marshmallow shaped like colored ring constructs. Oh, I think I see a hair in it. Oh well, I got it. I got it. Still good to eat. Five second rule. So first of all, Razor and Aya were characters who were created exclusively for this series, so they did not exist in the comics beforehand, and I don't think that they've been introduced as characters in the comics now, aside from the one issue of Green Lantern the animated series comic that did come out at a certain point. Secondly, Cartoon Network never aired the show's full intro sequence. It's just 20 seconds long, but it was cut down to five seconds when the show aired to make room for more commercials and the DC Nation shorts. Ugh. Yeah. We got to see the whole intro, I think. Nobody wants more commercials. What the hell are they thinking? And lastly, the series was canceled after one season due to poor toy sales from the 2011 live-action movie. That movie Uh. was so terrible, it hit so hard that it affected the show that came after it. That's so stupid because they should have just, like, said, forget the movie Stop putting that junk out, like, forget all those toys, and freaking just concentrate on this show, because this show, like, five minutes of this show was better than that entire movie. Yeah, and it's like, this movie's not even a direct tie to it. They didn't retell the intro. Yeah, not at all. They didn't retell the intro because, you know, the movie had just come out, so people kind of know the origin of Hal Jordan, but it's otherwise unrelated completely. I was like, you don't even, you don't need to know his intro. I mean... 
the the world of this this cartoon is established with him already being Green Lantern, right? And you find out in that first episode everything you need to know to enjoy the show. You could go in not knowing crap and still do fine and enjoy it just as much. Man, they messed up with this property. I know, man. It was unfortunate. Do you have any memories, or did you watch the show at all beforehand? I didn't even know it was a show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured that somewhere out there is probably a cartoon of just about any superhero from like, you know, the main lines of Justice League or like Avengers, things like that. But anyway, no, I had never watched it. I didn't know it existed until Sean had brought it up. And honestly, I have never been a fan of Green Lantern like ever. I've never been that much of a fan of DC in general. Like I mean, I I used to watch the Justice League cartoons and I like I still obsess over Batman. I love Batman. I will watch anything Batman related, but that was pretty much my limit and even in the comics I rarely read anything DC that wasn't Batman or like Injustice. I started getting into a little bit of, of some of the other titles last year, and I read a couple of the new run on Green Lantern, but I don't know, like, I it just, it lost my interest really quickly. I'm usually not too much into, like, the space side of comics and stuff like that, aside from things like Star Wars. I, I don't know, like, it's something about it just kind of pulls me away. So I, I kind of went into this show expecting not to like it, and now I feel stupid. As you should, as you should. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now, I this show, I mean, okay, first of all, like, I'm a DC fan. I'm kind of a fair weather friend of DC. Like, when things are good, I'm a fan. When things are bad, I kind of, uh, I'm a, I go back to Marvel. But You're like, I told you it was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Green Lantern's been one of those things after Jeff John's rebirth. It's been consistently good in my mind. I've read a lot of those comics, so I came into this, I knew it existed, and I started watching it when it first started airing, but I fell behind a little bit after I watched, I don't know, the first three or four episodes, and just never caught back up, and after a while, you're just like, well, you move on to other things. So if that was the Jeff Johns rebirth, does that mean we are now in the Jeff Johns afterbirth? There's actually going to be another, a, a rebirth of the entire DC series now. Really? Yeah, like New 52 is being dropped, kind of, and now it's going into Rebirth is the next big thing. Interesting. Yeah, Okay. I think that'll be coming in uh, summertime or something like that. Maybe I'll actually start reading again. I'll give it a shot. I mean, who knows? But yeah, I mean, I, I only watched a couple episodes, but after watching these... I think I'm probably going to pick it up and watch the rest. There's only 26. It's not that big of an ordeal. And these are really good episodes, better than I remember them being, actually. And uh, I, especially after I learned that they threw some of the other lantern colors in there, like the orange lantern specifically, because I love Larflees. He's pretty awesome. I don't know if you know anything about him. I know nothing about whoever you're talking about. Okay. Well, anyone who does, you understand. Let's go ahead and jump into our three episodes that we watched for today's show. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally a random or listener chosen episode. Order varies depending on where these episodes fall chronologically, but we always start with episode number one. In this case, just like last week, it's a two-parter, so it's Beware My Power, part one and part two, episode one and two. Um, real quick, can we talk about like the animation of this show? Oh, the CGI. This is usually something I don't like. Mm -hmm. in animation like in a way it sucks because that's the way that a lot of shows have been going i mean you know you had like all the star wars like the clone wars and all that stuff went that route the new um ninja turtles was like the same kind of thing 
it feels like in a way of like a Pixar knockoff kind of thing or like an early Pixar-ish sort of thing because it's like it looks good, it's smooth, it's clean, it's crisp. Mm-hmm. The the thing that I don't like and I noticed more in the first two episodes of the show than the other episodes is that there isn't a lot of detail in the backgrounds and stuff like that. Like, it's a lot of, like, larger chunks of things in the background with, like, smooth colors and surfaces and things like that. Not a lot of detail and stuff like that that you would get in, you know, like, the hand-drawn kind of style or even the computer-drawn, but still in that way of, you know, the hand-drawn style. So, Mm. yeah, that's the one thing that I have problems with sometimes with cartoons that go that route because... I am hardwired. I mean, I was an art major and my job, I mean, I'm a graphic designer by trade when I'm not doing this or drinking and doing something similar to this. (laughs) So like, I mean, art is a huge deal for me. So when I see something like that, Sometimes to me, it comes off as lazy, even if that isn't the case. But I'm just like, man, I need more aesthetic out of things when I um, watch shows like this, but I understand that was not the point of the show. Yeah. It's just like one of those things that irks me. And it, it got to me, like I said, through the first and second episode, this whole two-parter. And by the time we got to the next episode, I completely forgot about it. So <laughs> yeah, I think it works really well for this show because there's this translucency to the light constructs that you need right. for any Green Lantern property And it works so well for that because you can see through these things. These are actual physical objects or well, digital objects, and they have that translucency to them. So I think it worked really well for this one. I mean, it's something like you were saying, I had hesitance about before, but the more I see shows that do it well, the less and less I care. Or and the more right. or the more I get used to it and accept it. Like Ninja Turtles, like you said, Star Wars, Clone Wars, and now Rebels even, which I love. So I I don't know. People when they do it right, then I think it's perfectly fine. And in this case, I think it was the best way to go. Yeah, it was like one of those things like I look back at shows like um like Beast Wars was one that was really heavy on the same style. And I loved Beast Wars back in the day. And now I look at it and it did not hold up well at all. I mean, the story is held up good. Yeah. The the art was poor. And same with like Reboot. Right. Did not hold up well visually. And that's what like, I think and that's part of it is like, I'm like, man, in like 10 years, are we going to look back and be like, man, Green Lantern was awesome, but it looks like... But no, like your, your point about the light constructs though is dead on. Like, I think it lended itself to create those light constructs better Mm -hmm. doing this way than it would do like cell animation kind of style so yeah absolutely so to describe this first episode real quick two green lanterns hal jordan and kilowog make an unsanctioned mission to the borders of the universe to investigate a green lantern's death jordan and kilowog make a rest stop at the home world of fellow green lantern shayir rev but the red lanterns return and a battle erupts That's true. That describes pretty much the whole episode. And this one, uh, let me just say right off the bat that this episode almost made me cry. (laughs) This episode has so much heart to it and you don't see it coming and it just hits you and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it does. Like my notes literally like I have dot, 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 rev, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) The feels, man. Oh my God. 
Yeah, we get freaking red. I mean, just for a quick description of what's going on, we have Kilowog and we have Hal Jordan who have gone to the outer reaches of space to save these Green Lanterns who are being picked off by these Red Lanterns. Oh, those Red Lanterns. Oh, man. man. Have you never, I don't, yeah, I guess you would have never seen Red Lanterns, right? I, I, I knew of them and I knew because I'm a huge, as even the stuff I don't read, I'm still a huge lore nerd mm. behind everything. So I still, even though I don't read Green Lantern and stuff like that, I've still done research on the different kinds of lanterns and things like that. Yeah. So I have a small working knowledge of like a little bit of everything. So I knew that Red Lanterns existed and I knew that they are like, you know, powered by like rage and mm-hmm. things like that. So as soon as I, I saw a Red Lantern, I kind of knew what to expect and was like, well, that's totally going to be our first bad guy. And plus, it helps that the one dude looks like just Modoc with <laughs> yeah. a red ring. I love like the I love him. Oh my Zox, gosh! Yeah, I mean, and Atrocitus is awesome too. Like he's he, oh from man, the comics. Yeah. Like he was one of my favorites coming into it, and so seeing him in this, I was like, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, seeing Atrocitus in the show makes me. It made me want to read some comics with him in it, mm-hmm. just to see like how much of a threat he really is, like in that universe and things like that. I got the feeling that he really carries some weight to him. Yeah, so. you absolutely should. And especially because there are individual Red Lantern comics, too. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. I could get behind the Red Lanterns. There's uh, there's some pretty cool... <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later. Let's, let's just kind of set the stage okay. for it, I guess, and yeah. then I'll get into... So there's this... I won't go into all of it because there's a lot to this sure. episode since it was two episodes put together, but there's this ship that's powered by Green Lantern Energy and it's not really sanctioned for use yet, but Ganthit, one of the Guardians, is pretty much the cool Guardian. So he's like, let me go show you guys this ship we have. And essentially saying, I'm not saying use it, but I'm not saying don't use it. Here it is. He's just kind of like, I'm just showing you where it is. Yeah, exactly. And so, so they take it. This is the only way that they're able to reach the far reaches of the galaxy in a timely manner. And things are going down right now. There's already a lantern who's been killed by these red lanterns, a green lantern who has been killed by them. So they have to get out there as soon as possible. Hal Jordan being the headstrong character that he always has been, of course, he makes a decision to go out there and do his thing. Right. It was kind of surprising opening the show. And I mean, you know, it's a show for kids and stuff. And the first thing that we see basically is the Red Lanterns freaking executing somebody. Yeah. You're like, dang, like was not expecting that. But it was it was interesting. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. So, yeah, they, they go out and they rescue uh, Rev, basically. And Rev's injured, but um, they fight the, the Red Lanterns off and they go back to Atrocitus. So I I didn't know, and maybe this doesn't line up with the comics. I don't know if this is a storyline that they they used with the the Reds or what. But about how like they had their planet and the Greens supposedly destroyed the planet, and there was just this chunk left. I don't know if that's in well, the comics, that's, but that's what happened in the cartoon here. Yeah, the reason that Atrocitus even started the Red Lanterns in general is because they destroyed his home planet or the guardians did i believe and so he's just on kind of a vengeance mission that's why rage is what fuels him and allowed him to create these rings and see like i can get behind that i i think that's awesome Mm -hmm. that they're not just straight up black and white like 
the Green Lanterns are are good, and the Red Lanterns are just evil because they are evil. Yeah, it's like this dude like had everything he loved destroyed by if it's the Guardians or whatever, or if it was the Green Lanterns who are. I mean, they're pretty much the same thing. I mean, they work for each other. Well, so. yes and no. I mean, the Guardians Kinda. are kind of a gray area because Green Lanterns don't always know what the Guardians know. In fact, they rarely know everything the Guardians know. So they're kind of like puppet masters. It, yeah, in a way. exactly. Usually for the good, but maybe not all the time. Maybe not always in the best interest of everyone else. So I like that idea that this this big bad guy is, you know, he's not doing it to be a big bad guy. He's doing it out of revenge yep. because they took everything from him. And I'm like, dude, I can get I can get behind a yeah, villain like that. Villains, dude. I would probably be in the same shoes if I was him. Exactly. Villains who have drive, who, who you understand their motives. Those are villains who you can appreciate and respect. Those are good villains. Absolutely. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Also, just to throw in real quick, the ship has an AI on it, and Hal pronounces AI Aya, and because it's a pretty name for a pretty girl, and uh, <laughs> this essentially starts forming the friendship between the ship and its crew, which is at this point Kilowog and Hal Jordan, and so this is what starts out this team that we initially see. And Aya, honestly, I love Aya. Like, she becomes probably, uh, I don't know, it's a toss-up between Kilowog and Aya as my favorite character. Yeah. Because I love both of them. Kilowog's awesome. And, oh my god, <laughs> that dude voicing Kilowog. If Marvel does not ever get him to voice Ben Grimm in something, oh, they are yeah. mistaken. Yeah, that guy Because that dude's it. perfect. Exactly. Oh, man. You could close your eyes and just listen to him and be like, oh, that's Ben Grimm, right? Yeah, and then, totally. Oh, it's Kilowog? What? So, real quick, just to wrap this episode up, I mean, obviously they go to save Rev, and they do initially, and then they go back to his planet, but there's a tracking device on the ship. This brings the Red Lanterns to Rev's planet, and they threaten to blow it up if the Green Lanterns don't surrender themselves. And man, that's when things get rough, and it yeah. starts to get really, really intense, and you don't know what's going to happen, but once it unfolds, and once you actually see what's happening, man tearjerker they took it way farther than i expected oh me too and just the dialogue the dialogue was so strong right there that's what caused my eyes to well up well and you also get your your first hints of like razor not being as bad as you initially think he is exactly because it starts out you're kind of thinking yeah like Razor's definitely going to end up being the real the real bad one and then by the end you're like he might not be that bad yeah, he's like torn. he really is kind of a yeah he's got some good in him for sure so what happens is since this planet's about to be blown up rev is stalling it for as long as he can even going so far as to essentially rescue razor stalls it long enough to get the majority of his people saved by kilowog yeah. and then sacrifices himself for the greater oh, good and this is the first well uh, second episode but the two-part first episode the the part that hits you in the feels, or at least hit me in the feels. Are you going to say what his daughter said? No, uh, I, I won't say that, but oh my God, his daughter, like that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like seeing her afterwards, that was painful. But um, when Hal finally catches back up with Kilowog and he's like, did Rev make it? And then you see Rev's ring like float oh, past yeah. and you're like, oh man. Yeah, it was so good. Ah. So good. <laughs> 
It hurts. They don't have to show it. It's just that's what's great is they can just have that. What's basically just a symbol of him being killed and sacrificing himself. Because you know, uh, yeah. Anyone who knows Green Lanterns at all, or even from the beginning of the episode, you see that the rings go and seek out a new uh, wearer. Yeah. As soon as one of them dies, it goes and finds somebody new. Oh, so to take over. So you see the ring float right past, and you're like, oh, man. Yeah, you know. So the first episode got rough, but in such a good way. Like, it hits you right in the feels. Man, I loved it. I loved the first episode. Kicked me in my feels. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel it. Still feeling the feels. Feeling the feels. <laughs> well, let's jump over to the second episode that we watched, which was Reboot, Season 1, Episode 15. And this episode was suggested by Sean Noel, so thank you, Sean, for suggesting this. In this one, Hal is ordered to reunite the crew of the Interceptor in order to investigate the Manhunter threat, but getting the band back together is not as easy as it sounds. Oh, man. First of all, Tomar, is it Tomar Ray? Yep. Whenever he talks, like his mouth and head kind of jiggles, it reminds me of Star Fox 64, like when <laughs> oh, they talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just really rapid, and I'm like cracking up. I'm like, what? What's cool about this one is almost... The opening even is it's got the little squirrel Green Lantern and anyone who reads the comics will know that's it's, Chip. Um, Chip. Yep. Yeah. And we get to see Hal face off against Chip and basically get his ass kicked by Chip. Oh man, Chip destroys him. Man. Like with no freaking effort. Yeah. This little squirrel has so much willpower <laughs> that he's able to just take out one of the best Green Lanterns out there. Well, the best part of this and this this uh, made me love Kilowog, was that um, basically Hal was trying to recruit him. I, I guess the team had kind of split up for a little bit. Like, Aya was definitely not a part of the group, you know, at some point. Like, I guess she got a body at some point. Mm, yeah. They made like a, you know, cyborgish body thing for her AI to inhabit. And I guess, I don't know what happened with the group, but I, I guess they were split up. Kilowog's training recruits. Aya is pretty much going to be like dissected <laughs> oh yeah and taken apart like dismantled um but hal gets a mission and he goes to get kilowog and is trying to get kilowog to go with him kilowog says no they like make a bet and uh he's like you beat one of my recruits i'll go with you and he gives chip as the recruit and chip beats the crap out of hal yeah. but then kilowog's like all right we're taking off and he's like wait i lost and basically, it's just Kilowog just really wanted to see Chip beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, he was going to go with him regardless. <laughs> he just wanted to see him get his <laughs> kicked. <laughs> uh, that was good. So, yeah, this whole episode is really just kind of a recruitment episode. So he gets Kilowog, goes to get Aya, but like you said, she's at this point, we see that she's about to be dissected. Then it turns into a rescue mission for her. And I really yeah. liked that. I liked the way they played that one out. <laughs> I love the, uh, when, uh, so Hal gets into this um, lab or whatever where her body is, and he he takes the AI from their ship that they have now that's really obnoxious, and he has Chip with him. Chip's <laughs> sneaking into the place and swapping it out for Aya to get Aya back. And um, oh yeah, <laughs> this this robot that's in there or not robot? It's like another lantern, but he looks like a metal. Oh no, he ball. he's the big crystal lantern, and he has like uh, metal arms. So I guess after they they finish their little rescue mission, all of a sudden we find out that Razor's kind of been part of the group too, and Aya's asking about him. Well, I was like, what? And you, you find out that there's something, some kind of love yeah, thing going on like between Aya and Razor. budding relationship between them, and I guess I think it started because 
Aya looks similar to the to Razor's, to Razor's dead uh, wife. Dead wife, yeah. So I think that is what initially drove it. But I do think that they really started developing feelings for each other in so much as an AI can develop feelings for an organic being. Right. But man, she's developing them though. Like uh, we'll see the next episode we watch, it's very relevant. Oh yeah. That might be a good transition into the next episode unless you have anything else. Um, well, yeah, the, the first thing I wanted to say is basically, and this sets up the next one too, is that the mission they're going on is they've been receiving these like what, like signals or they caught on to some sort of signals. Oh, right. Yeah. With these manhunters, which are these basically, if you know the X-Men, they're kind of like sentinels in a way. Um, they even look similar. Yeah, actually. And if you know the Green Lantern universe at all, these are the Guardians' original attempt to have an army of their own before the Green Lanterns were the Manhunters. Ooh, nice. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So they're basically like uh, they're basically like robots and something's like, I guess, turning them on and they're like, <laughs> not sexually, <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Uh, something's flipping the switch and they're coming to life and they're causing trouble. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to figure that out and take yeah, them down. Yeah, they're going to these different bases to try to find the source find of the it. the source. And they eventually do and it ends up being the Anti-Monitor who... Which is pretty much Master Mold. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Anti-Monitor is awesome. At one point he was actually a Yellow Lantern in the Sinestro Core Wars. Interesting. I don't know a whole lot about his character, but I do like how they played him out in this show. Dude, yeah, like, so this episode ended with me, I mean, because they didn't reveal this thing till towards the very, very end, and I'm like, okay, I wonder if this guy is, like, important. And then when we get into our next episode, I'm like, this dude is very important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It is a great transition into the next episode that we watched, which was Cold Fury, season one, episode 20, and that was the highest rated episode, and I'm glad we got to see this one in conjunction with the previous one reboot because they do connect very well to each other. It, yeah, it connects strangely well. It was almost like watching, if like the last one we watched was 15, it's like this should have been 16, but it's 20. Yeah, it's like, with the, I don't know what it happened almost in between, seems like those but, five episodes in between were like filler because... Yeah, it's, it's weird. Everything that we left off on... Except for one detail is picked right back up in this next episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it was weird. It worked out really well. And in this episode, a horde of manhunters gives chase as our hero's hope runs thin. Their will is truly tested as they prepare for an inevitable face-off against the unstoppable Anti-Monitor. A battle for the lives of everyone in the galaxy. So, we, yeah, we can say, like, right off the bat, man, they are in... A dire situation, like immediately. They are. And you know it's bad if Zox is on their side fighting with them. I'm like, oh man, that's not good. Like, <laughs> must be really bad. Right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. And freaking people are getting killed all over the uh, place. It's crazy. Like, and it's we crazy. get to see in the previous episode just how strong these manhunters are. Like, they're not just like, you know, let me hit you with something and you fall apart. They are practically invincible. I mean, they can be destroyed, but it's very difficult. Well, freaking anti-monitor can disintegrate people or like pretty much anything. Anti-monitor's whole thing, at least in this, was... He needs to absorb life. He's kind of like the Galactus of the DC universe in such a way. If Galactus was master mode. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Hey, they're all like the same colors, though. That like reddish pink and purple. Yeah, true. All three. 
So he is absorbing. He has this beam that absorbs the energy from whatever he uses it on. Even the, um, I mean, it doesn't even have to be organic beings. It's just anything. Like he absorbs yeah. metals, rock, whatever. He just is absorbing the universe, basically. And dude takes out a guardian. Like, oh yeah, I didn't see that coming. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, that was really cool. Like she was fighting back, and she was using these awesome powers and stopped a lot yeah. of the manhunters. But then she faces off against the anti monitor and just yeah, she did not. Yeah, it doesn't even take long. No, like I, I was shocked. Yeah, I was too, actually. I was surprised. Like, I thought she'd put up more of a fight. I didn't, well, I especially didn't think she would be killed like that. That was pretty crazy. No, not at all. I, I expect, if anything, she'd be, like, knocked out like they would typically do in a cartoon. I didn't think they'd kill her. Exactly. Good lord. Yeah. And that was, like, early in the episode. So I'm like, holy crap, like... <laughs> Yeah, and this was right after we get to see her unleash these amazing powers. So it's like, man, she's going to stand toe-to-toe with this guy. Not even for a minute. Like, she's just out. Yeah, she had no chance whatsoever. And on the side, we're still watching kind of the development and almost the where it went downhill between Razor and Aya as far as their relationship yeah. is concerned. That And honestly, that... It's weird because this relationship, it looks like, shapes the rest of the show. Because we know there's not a whole lot of episodes left after this, because there's only, what, 26? Yeah, so six more episodes. 20. So, man, by the end of this episode, yeah, what happens between Aya and Razor shapes definitely Aya's path for what I would assume is the rest of the show. You know, I thought it was really interesting how they approached it, too. I mean, she is an AI, but she was developing these feelings and trying to understand feelings still. And after Razor essentially broke it off with her, like one of the, the hard hitting scenes was where she was just like trying to process it. She, yeah, she kept saying processing. Yeah, and she just couldn't understand how, why she was feeling so terrible, why this real, yeah. and all she could think about was Razor to where it was distracting her from doing her job during this big war that's going on. Right. And she was talking and she went to Hal for advice and he's like, really not the time. Yeah. But she's like, I'm just, I'm feeling this pain. How do I not feel pain? Oh man. And somebody, was it Razor? Somebody like, she's asking everybody cause she's like desperate. She's like, how do I, how do I not feel pain? How do I, how do I focus? And somebody says something like you have to shut yourself off or something. I think it was Razor. Yeah, and so she shuts off all of her emotions. It turns her into a cold robot. Like, it's different saying it to a person because, oh, yeah. like, even if they quote-unquote shut their emotions off, I mean, they're still human. They still have feelings. Yeah, they just are putting them at bay a little bit. But as far as an android goes, she just literally shuts them off completely, basically uninstalls the emotion program and just right. goes full-on cold. I have to get this job done no matter what the cost. We shouldn't spoil it, but she basically does something extremely drastic and completely changes the tide of the battle. Yeah. Not necessarily for the best. Yeah. I didn't see this coming at all. So this was definitely a big shock. This whole episode was one of those where it's like one shock after another. She basically like solves one problem and creates another one that might be even worse. Oh man, yeah. So that's a good way to put it. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I did not see this coming whatsoever. And her being like one of my favorite characters, I was just like in shock by the end of the episode. Like, oh man. I, I have to watch this whole series now. Yeah, it's absolutely. Crazy. 
so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I love the idea of this um, AI experiencing the pain that a, a human can experience emotionally right. and not being able to comprehend it and that affecting her to such a large degree that it completely changes her character. Yeah, that's really intriguing for what's basically a kid show. I mean, I wouldn't even say it's like it's not a, a kid show necessarily. It, it is, but it isn't. Right. I mean, and you know what? A lot of the things that Bruce Tim does is like that. I mean, you think of Batman, the animated series and... um you know, look look at some of the episodes of that. Like me and you have talked about before and right. other things. Like if you look at like Heart of Ice, like with Mister Freeze. Oh yeah, it's a kids show, but man, there's some really really adult themes in there that are just like so yeah. emotionally so I guess heavy. It's like you know, it's labeled a kids show, but they don't treat you like a kid. Right. They don't talk down to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. They not at all. Good storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. So, Chris, why don't we use our rings to make light constructs of our inner kids and see what they thought of Green Lantern, the animated series. All right. Get out here, you little green monster. (laughs) I don't really like anything DC does, except for Batman, because Batman is awesome. But I really, really, really like this cartoon. I don't care that much about the actual Green Lantern that much, but everyone else is super cool. And Kilowog is the coolest space pig monster. If there's any actual Green Lantern comics like this, I would totally read them once I know how to read. I give this cartoon five bowls of cereal out of five, and that cereal comes with a prize lantern ring, but you have to send in all those stupid proof of purchases, but then they never send it to you anyway. <sighs> Your turn, Joseph. I'm gonna wait for my ring. Green Lantern, the animated series, had a very heavy weight on its shoulders coming off of that awful, awful movie. Personally, I believe that it was able to far surpass expectations, lifting that weight and tossing it into some distant black hole, never to be thought of again. From episode one, I was able to see how much heart this show has to offer, not to mention the amazing action scenes and the inclusion of the other colors on the lantern spectrum. I highly recommend this show, especially to fans of the comics, and would give it five big green bowls of cereal out of five. And in closing, beware its power, Green Lantern's light! That was really dorky. Congratulations. What a nerd. So do you have any last thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I firmly believe that Green Lantern is a superhero who doesn't receive nearly enough credit where it's due. There are some crappy Green Lantern properties, sure, but overall, if you read the comics, especially after Jeff John's rebirth, like I said, jump into Sinestro Core Wars, jump into Blackest Night, especially. That series was amazing. And that is the whole spectrum of the Lantern universe, every color you could want. If you read those... I think you would really find an appreciation for Green Lantern that you may not be getting from, uh, well, especially the movie, but it'll make you appreciate the show more because it takes a lot from the comic universe. I think that the animated series really kicked it into high gear and gave Green Lantern fans everything they were asking for. And even non-fans, I think, can appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, me not having been a Green Lantern fan coming into this, man, I love this cartoon. Like, I am going to watch this this series in its entirety. It really caught me. It was really good writing. And I should expect that from something that Bruce Tim works on. So, I mean, I'm going to have to figure out, like, anything else he's done because he just does a phenomenal job in everything that I have seen of him. And I will definitely have to check out those Green Lantern comics because, like I said, it's just something that didn't appeal to me. But there was so much heart and stuff in this show 
and so many interesting things, especially with the different lanterns and stuff like that, and the idea of Atrocitus and things like that. I'll have to get into more of it and give it a shot. So I, I, I am interested in that. And if anyone else has any other recommendations for me to to try out in the Green Lantern verse, definitely let me know. And just forget about the Ryan Reynolds movie. Even Ryan Reynolds wants to forget about that <laughs> movie. Yeah, like I said, I absolutely love this. This is an example of amazing storytelling using an animated medium. It doesn't get any better than this. This was fantastic all around. Yeah, top notch. So thank you, Sean, for recommending this one. Thanks, Sean. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. Next week, we'll be watching Rocket Powers, suggested by Kelsey Putvin. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 